So what do we want to do exactly. next time? Well, since Dane has requested it, we should do sweat and soap next time for our, our ongoing series. All right, of course. Yeah, uh, by popular request, we will make Corey read a manga. Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Manga in Your Ears. My name is Helen, and we have Corey and April with me. Hi, everybody. Hello. So this week is going to be a little different since we decided we wanted to tackle two different series by the creator Ake Ire, uh, Ron in the Gay World, which is published by Viz, and North by Northwest, which is published by Vertical. And both April and I did not realize until last night, basically, that North by Northwest does not have a digital version of it, since... Everybody knows by now the U.S. Postal Service is slow and overwhelmed, et cetera, et cetera. So we thought we would buy it digitally and not have to wait on it shipping, and then it bit us in the butt. Vertical, why do you do this to us? Like, you're the one company that does not make everything digital to start with. Like, what are in your contracts that you keep doing this? Why? <laughs> <laughs> and we're certainly not going, or at least, we, I already had the volumes, but you guys are certainly not going to uh, drive out to a, a bookstore and, and find the book. Yep, I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> if the bookstores are even open right now. Just yeah. too many complications. So all three of us will be talking about Ron first, and then Corey will be trying to convince us that North by Northwest is an interesting manga. That's the book, Corey. <laughs> but on to Ron first. Ron in the Gray World is a five-volume series that is complete and published by Viz. It centers around a um, bit of a magical realism world. Our titular Ron is a young girl who is in a family of magic users, and she can use some magic, but it's still pretty undeveloped since she's still fairly young. One of her favorite things to do is she uses a pair of sneakers to magically age up to like a 17, 18-year-old self. She looks like late high school, maybe. I don't know if the shoes themselves are magic or if they're a conduct for her to use her magic. The way magic works in the series is never completely explained like in some instances it's explained and other times it's just magic <laughs> but the point is is that she likes doing this and running around as a older not an older woman as an older teen <laughs> and um uh, the story really kicks off when she's doing this one day and she runs into an actual young man the rich playboy otaro who um he has the hot brand. This is very problematic. <laughs> I have so many feelings on these relationships. I've done reviews of the whole series over at the OASG, which we will link to in the episode notes, I'm sure. Um, so my general feelings on this series as um, there's um, an encroaching darkness on the magical world that Ron slowly gets pulled into is that I really, really love the art. And that's what first drew me to the series. But man, that, that, that relationship between Ron and Otaro just gives me the creeps every single time. Mm. What about y'all? <laughs> yeah, so I, I've got the first volume of this one. I feel like it's one of the last books that I bought when you could still go to the store. Um, so I've just read the first one. And like Helen, the art is what really drew me to it. I think the art 
kind of gives it this like uh, a live quality like it kind of feels like everything is always moving all the time even though obviously it's a still image so in the first volume you're just kind of really getting introduced to all the different characters and that main relationship that Helen was talking about and yeah I'm a little surprised by that I'm like oh no and then so I, I just finished reading it a little bit ago and he says like oh I would never touch a kid but I assume that he doesn't know that she's a kid so I don't I don't know. That's just, I don't know where that's going to go. I'm only one volume in, so I'm not sure. But I like it. I mean, I like the art. That's probably my favorite part. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know where that's going to go. <laughs> Corey, what did you think? Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say that my interpretation is that Otaru doesn't realize that Ron is actually a little kid, but he does think that she's still a high schooler. That's, mm, that's what, that, mm-hmm. yeah. That's what mm. my impression, he knows that she is still a minor. He just doesn't realize how young she is. So he knows that he really shouldn't be doing this relationship to start with. Yeah, that's my impression of him as well. Or he's one of those people that's like, well, she's 18, so uh, he he doesn't seem like a, a good guy on whole. But uh, no. the the bugging relationship between uh, him and Ron uh, is just kind of like a, mm, it's important for for Ron as a as a character and as a person like she doesn't really have that many friends and uh there's another character whose name i don't remember um who is in her class and she uh, i think it's hiki uh he he becomes like one of the first friends for ron uh that's her own age and like that's very important but uh otaro is really like the one that opens up ron to other people um and that serves as an important uh character moment for her but i don't know if it needed to be this pervy guy specifically because ron is like someone who is uh like fifth grade or maybe second grade i don't know she's obviously in elementary school and she wants to be someone who is older uh, and she wants to like physically act obviously as someone who is older by wearing these sneakers uh so it just always felt off and weird but like despite that i did really like the manga i finished the manga um I read all of the volumes. I think there's only seven volumes. Um, but yeah, five. Five. <laughs> oh sure. gosh. Okay. I. Um, I mean, I could be having a moment and forgetting how many I reviewed, but I think it was five. All right. Uh, five to seven volumes. Who knows? <laughs> it's an odd number. We know that much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like by the end, yeah, we are not uh, dealing with that relationship anymore. Uh, I won't say why, but. Um, well, sort of. My big thing is that reading through this series, it seems like Otaro wants a relationship with Ron. I don't think Ron has quite realized what Otaro wants from her. Yeah. So she's not quite into it. Mm-hmm. Everybody who's aware of it, so that would be like Ron's family, etc. They are all totally against this. So I'm like, why is this even happening? This kind of feels like, ah, like um, Akiire is just forcing her characters to do something because she wants them to do something, but the story isn't supportive of it, which is a weird way to say it. It's like... No, I think I get what you mean, yeah. In, you know how some people, when they post on Twitter and they talk about writing, they'll talk about how they can't control their characters, their characters just do what they want to, mm-hmm. and how that sounds really stupid because you were the author, you can make them do what you <laughs> want them to do? It seems like she's making the characters do what she wants them to do, but she's not being very convincing about it. Mm. I'm saying she. I think the mangaka is a lady. I apologize if not. Um, does the back of the book say? I think the inside says uh, uses female pronouns uh, when describing Akiria. Yeah, where is it? 
like the second to last page or something has a profile for her. Oh, yes, it does say she. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, good. We have not accidentally misgendered anybody on this page. <laughs> but yeah, it's just... And that's what really tripped me up about the whole thing, since I am okay with Ron aging herself up and having fun running around like that. Like, in theory, I'm also okay with Otaro genuinely mistaking her to be older than she is. But it just feels natural. And this is a series that deals in the supernatural. Like, her father is a Tengu. Like, it's never quite explained, but there's just crow people and wolf people who are sort of living side by side with some of the sorcerers. And we don't quite understand, like, if they're, like, different people or if this is just a manifestation of magic. Like, there's a lot of wishy-washy stuff in here, but when you write a story about supernatural things, I feel like you have to be extra deliberate in where you ground the story, and that you're usually going to ground the story in, like, human emotions, human relationships, etc. Especially since uh, part of the main plot of the story is that there's been this intrusion into the world of um, kind of just like an evil bug. And so, as things keep getting worse and worse, it's some of Ron's actions, some of her reactions, really, um, that make the situation become worse. And a lot of it's tied into her relationship with Botaro. But since I couldn't buy into that relationship to start with, it was like, you were a dumb 11-year-old, or however <laughs> old you are. You're just being dumb, like, oh my god, this is just, it felt like conflict for the sake of conflict. Especially since some characters in the series should have died, like, three times over. Like, I'm not reading Clamp right now, why is she not dead yet? They yeah. showed the body, and you were just somehow not dead. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious that, like, all the other characters clearly do not like this relationship between Ron and Otaro, and, like, I think the reason why they aren't saying anything more explicitly about it is because they don't want to reveal that Ron is actually a child because they don't want to reveal that uh, there is magic in the world because that seems to be a thing that they want to keep secret but also they are I feel I feel like Ron reveals herself pretty early on to Otaro though in those ways or she does some things where the logical response would be to go there is some chicken nanny magic going on here yeah she literally falls from the sky to his rooftop <laughs> penthouse or whatever and then I think she makes like some plants grow, or she does something with the rain, and it's just like, clearly there's some yeah. stuff going on here. Um, I just... do want to say I, that I did the art for this. It looked really great, even when it was engaging in bullshit. Like, <laughs> I was first introduced to the series from, it wasn't an AMV, it was an MMV at um, Otakon, probably 2014 or 2015. It was one of the finalists in their AMV competition, and that's a stiff competition a lot of people usually enter. And it just looked so pretty. But even back then, I heard, well, the story doesn't really match up to the pictures. And now that it's been licensed in English, I, I got to be disappointed to be like, yep, those people were right all along. <laughs> so is that relationship a, a large part of the plot? Because I feel like in the first yeah. volume, yeah. like I don't really know where it's going. Like I don't really know what the story is based off the first volume. I just think it's cute and like I like the art and I'm like, oh, I've got to get some more of these. But but you can, for me, I couldn't really tell where the story was going or what the story really was besides the fact that like she's a little kid that you know plays like an adult and then I didn't know where it was going after that. So I'm not sure the manga knew where it was going for the longest time either. Mm. I remember that was definitely a complaint in my reviews since you would have just some random chapters in there like like one of the one of Ron's neighbors like some magic just got mixed up in their house and so this teenage boy his hair has grown to be like five <laughs> feet long or something and somewhat sentient as well 
but nobody <laughs> in the house like realizes or acknowledges this except for his mother who's just trying to get him to cut it and it's just like tormenting her and like ruining her life and so like this family never really directly interacts with the characters at all it's just this random side chapter in there not an extra but like an actual proper chapter mm-hmm. in the story going on and it was like I, I was like you can do a story that's more episodic, you know, if they all coalesce around a um, similar theme. You can have lighter chapters in between serious ones, but none of these are what you are pulling off right now. You're just have some ideas and do not seem to understand how to, like, cohesively put them all into a story. Right. Yeah, I was really confused by that chapter as well. I think the one they did, uh, that Akirie did later on, about Jin and his childhood when he just turned into a wolf, or I guess he's like a dog, or whatever he was the first time, and he just like stayed in that for a couple of years with uh, with a family because they <laughs> saved his life. That was, I think, a little more instructive and a better side story because it actually dealt with a main character, uh, or not a main character, but like a uh, a key character in the series. But yeah, that the one with the neighbors, like I was, that was completely out of left field, and I was confused before it, during it, and after it, and like when I saw them <laughs> later on, and like the last volume, and I was like, what are these people doing in the background? I was just equally confused. Yeah, I seem to recall, it's like in volume four or five, there's like some passage of time between, so to partially represent that, we have a few chapters that are like backstory. I think we see a little bit of Ron's father and mother, or at least her mother, when her mother was like adventuring the world, beating up monsters and eating everybody out of house and home. (laughs) And at that point, it felt more appropriate since it felt like, okay, time is passing in universe and for the reader time is passing as well as they read through these other stories i was thinking that works and also this is a more central character than next door neighbor with sentient hair (laughs) (laughs) sentient hair just sounds terrible (laughs) oh oh it definitely is it's the hair yeah Um, and all honestly the chapter i think again gets just turns into the puppy for a couple of years. That was kind of funny since he's like still friends with that guy afterwards. Uh-huh. The guy has no idea that this is his long lost puppy. And the friend is like, oh, I want to be a veterinarian now, etc. Like, that's all actually funny. Yeah. Or like, he gets a girlfriend. Like, there's a sorceress girl who's been pining after him for years. And so they get a relationship, and it's a cute relationship between the two of them. You know, they are like of an appropriate age to have carnal relations. Mm-hmm. They, they obviously have carnal relations in their guys. Yeah, and um, he is, uh, like, because he is uh, magically transforming into a dog, he is, like, literally in heat, so he just yeah. starts kissing everyone <laughs> at his high school. Yeah, again, this is the part of magic where it's not really explained, because, like, he uses a pelt to do it, but it seems to affect him in his day-to-day <laughs> life as well. And like I said, his mom is a sorceress, and his dad, I think, is a tengu, so it's like, I do not understand your genetics here. What is going on? <laughs> I don't think we ever even see any male sorcerers or... Well, there was the guy in the very final volume, but he was just, like, really crappy at being a sorcerer in some way. <laughs> so, just, this manga had ideas. It did not have execution. Yeah, I think what it did well was telling its, its main story of uh, the the bugs that are... that. The, the mom is trapping in this door, but then they one of them gets out, and then that uh, escalates to eventually all of them getting out. And like the the resolution there is pretty good. The uh and the Ron storyline is pretty good of her just growing up, um, and her realizing that like she doesn't need these shoes to grow up. Like that is nice, but uh, everything surrounding that is a little messy. But I, I still enjoyed reading it. It was very pretty. 
April, have we scared you off reading more volumes, or are you now like even more morbidly curious about the next it's, volume? It's really pretty. The art is really pretty, and it makes me want to read the rest of it. The covers look so nice. I mean, that's not the only compelling reason, but it's a, these are really pretty books. So yeah, I'll, and it being so short, it's not a, a crazy amount of volumes. I'll, I have uh, the next couple of volumes in my cart, actually. So I wanted to wait until we did the podcast to see whether or not I should get some more of them, but I think you all have convinced me enough. And this series is available digitally. Because, of course, the one that we all have is the one that's available <laughs> digitally. Yeah, I think it is fair to say that I'm higher on this than you, Helen. Uh, not rank your reviews, but the way you're like, ah, oh, what is everything? Makes me think that you did not like it as much as me. No. It was one I kind of didn't intend to keep reviewing, but then the volumes kept showing up in my review pile, and I was like, ah, dang it. <laughs> <sighs> well, unless you guys have any other thoughts, we're going to take a break. And Corey will try to convince us to read another pretty series that I just am now biased against after this one. Uh, we are back, and now I will be describing and uh, monologuing about uh, Go With the Clouds, North by Northwest. Um, I never remember which is first, North by Northwest or Go With the Clouds. I usually call it North by Northwest because I remember it by, from the from the movie title. It's not about the movie. It's not like the movie. Um, but uh, this one is about uh, Kay. He is a, I believe, half Japanese... Um, or at least part Japanese, because he is from Japan, and he has moved to Iceland to be with his grandfather, Jacques. Uh, he left his kid brother, Michitaka, with his uh, aunt and uncle. Um, so in the first first couple chapters are just Kay uh, doing this kind of private detective thing, um, finding people, bringing them, or bringing them stuff back to where they are. And Kay also has this special ability of being able to uh, seemingly talk to electronics. Like, he talks to his car, and he can also uh, see entire histories of what has been looked at on a telephone, like a, a cell phone. So at one point, he sees that someone has looked at this shirtless picture of their brother 50 times, the stepbrother 50 times. Excuse me, anime. I mean manga. Um... Uh, but as we as we go, I think it's the third chapter, we find out that uh, Kay's little brother, Michitaka, has gone missing from Japan, and he is last seen in Iceland, and he is suspected of killing his aunt and uncle. Um, and we find this out because some uh, detective goes up to Kay, beats him up, and leaves him bloodied on the ground, uh, asking him where is... Uh, so from there, it is basically this whole mystery of, like, does did Michitaka actually kill someone, or did he not? And, like, there are... Uh, the manga is not, like, exclusively about this mystery. There is, like, a couple um, interludes where one of Kay's friends shows up, and they explore Iceland. There is uh, some other characters named uh, Freya and Lilja. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce Icelandic names, so I apologize, but... Um, those two characters, Freya is, serves as, like, a love interest for, not a love interest, like a partner 
for his grandfather Jacques. Uh, it seems Freya is maybe in her 40s, and uh, Jacques seems to be in his 60s or 70s. Um, and then Loja is Kay's age, and they're both 17. And they serve as like uh, foils and also uh, sort of love interest toward each other. Um, as uh, she usually edges on Kay to do various things to find Michikaka or like become better as uh, as a person. <laughs> um, but I I really enjoyed this manga. I enjoyed it more than Ron. Um, I think the story that he's crafting is much better than than Ron's. Uh, as the only magical ability thing is Kay being able to talk to electronics, and uh, it seems her his grandfather is able to talk to birds, maybe. Uh, but we don't really do that yet in the manga. And I've read four volumes so far. Uh, but I think okay. the um, the mystery of like who Mikikaka is is extremely compelling, especially because like the point of view that you mostly get is from Kay's point of view, and Kay is like 100% convinced that Mikikaka never kill anybody, obviously because he is his brother. But we also get this peak in the first volume when they were kids, and Kay is explaining, oh, these bugs uh, lay their eggs into this tree, and then the larva just kind of deteriorate the tree, and then it topples or so. Uh, like, the first introduction you get to Michikaka is him just stepping on one of the bugs and Kay being like, why would you just kill this bug? That's very cruel. So uh, I highly suspect that he is able to kill people. And he also has one of these weird powers um, that's it's not really explained so that much so far, but don't really get much interaction with Michikaka so far either, but he is, like, able to uh, touch people and make them believe that their arm has been chopped into pieces and now it's useless to them and that's presumably how he also kills them. Um, I don't know how it works. That's, that's another one of Akiyuri's Iria's un- unexplained magic thingies, but, uh, I find this manga extremely compelling and extremely beautiful and it makes me want to visit. I too want to visit Iceland, but that's because Icelandic Air had a very convincing advertising campaign around dc a couple years ago (laughs) okay when you say he can talk to electronics but do the electronics talk back i totally shit talk my electronics all the time but that is a difference i think yes they actually talk back and they shit talk him (laughs) because this car this car that he drives is like a it looks like a 90s or 90s jeep and uh it's kind of finicky and uh, very fickle so if it if the car is feeling good if you're driving on a road that it likes there's no bad weather going on it'll drive really nice for k but if there is some snow or rain or if he is in the seat wet which happens once because he like fell in a pond or whatever then the car is like oh get out of my seat you're all wet it doesn't drive as nicely that does remind me of the introduction to one of my favorite novels which involves a wizard trying to get his tv and dvd player to play together and they rebel and they start giving him like weird alien cable channels because they're mad yeah this is another one that i've like picked up several times and been like this looks so nice but i've never actually like purchased it now now i've got the first volume coming to me because i do want to check it out since we've read the other one yeah but it's one of those ones that i keep looking at and i'm like it looks so good i'm gonna get it one day and i just hadn't done it yet so yeah uh i think Corey, you've at least it convinced me to give it a shot i don't remember do they mention the part about the electronics on the back of the book because it seems like something i would remember and i don't remember that at all even from reading the back of it no they mention that no so the back of the book doesn't have uh like the typical blurb actually it just has a bunch of stuff that is native to iceland and also the icelandic word for it underneath it 
Yeah, so when we were talking about Ron, um, we both agreed that Ira wasn't doing a really good job at balancing more episodic chapters in between the greater plot of the story. Mm-hmm. It sounds like she does the same thing here, but would you say she does it better, at least? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, I think if we are not really delving into Michikaka stuff by the next volume, it might be uh, a little too episodic. Um but I think, like, it's probably 50-50 on each of these books, uh, past the first volume, about um, diving into something about Michitaka compared to Kay doing various adventures. Because, like, he does live with his grandfather, but his grandfather also charges him rent, so he has to do these jobs to be able to feed himself and live uh, at, at his grandfather's place. And he does these jobs, of course, by using his special powers. Um, like, he has to find a person once, so he just touches the, touches the car, talks to the car, and he's like, oh, you were here uh, three days ago, so then where did you... Uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty interesting, and I, I find the uh, talking to electronics part pretty clever. Um, like, in a different one... Actually, I think that was the same one. He finds out that this uh, stepbrother is, has, a, has a crush on his, his stepbrother. Um, and they, they go into a little bit about, like, how Iceland has had same-sex marriage for 20 years and how it's much less progressive in Japan from Kay's point of view. Um, but at the same time, they also have, like, a registry to make sure that you're not accidentally marrying your third cousin. And it's like, guys, you don't even need this. Yeah. Like, you don't even need to double-check to make sure you're too closely related before it's an offspring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's very interesting. And also completely gorgeous still. And also, like... Kind of, we didn't really talk about this with the with the Ron part, but it is, it is like kind of equally horny in that kind of uh, gazy way. Oh, I remember there were a couple chapters in Ron where I was joking, "This is a food manga now." Is there are there any moments of that in North by Northwest? Oh yeah, absolutely. So Kay is like uh, obsessed with meat in the way that like Luffy is obsessed with meat. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, whenever he or uh, I guess it's only been one time, but when he didn't have that much money. He was just uh, seemingly dying from not eating any meat. And he was, like, just complaining to his grandfather this whole time, like, why are we eating these vegetables? Don't uh, sustain me. I need meat. Um, There's a different chapter in the early second volume where he is staring at a lamb, and then he picks up a piece of lamb, and then he eats the piece of lamb, and he stares at the lamb. It's, like, a pretty funny back and forth with no words, but uh, he's very carnal. Yeah, I guess I would give this a shot if I could find it at, like, my local library or something. I'm just not sure I want to go all in and commit to buying it, mm-hmm. especially since my bookshelves are very full, you know? True. I mean... How long is this series now? I didn't think there were too many volumes of it out. four right now, and I think mm-hmm. it's still going, but I don't know. I didn't, I would, They don't have a Wikipedia article, and that's, like, once there's not a Wikipedia article, I just don't want to do any more research on it. updates. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is it completed in Japan? Do you know how? I'm about to find out. Uh, it just lists as four volumes ongoing, so still ongoing in Japan. All right. Vertical yeah. has three out right now, it says. Four out, actually. I read the fourth volume. Okay, so fourth volume definitely exists in yeah. English. So we must have been... We must be caught up, and then I have no idea when the next volume will come out, and that's very sad, because I want to read the next volume. Uh... But yeah, I mean, maybe it's uh, maybe it's on that Kogonsha sale, Helen. Kogonsha slash vertical sale. Wait, no, it's not digital. We already went over this. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I like this manga a lot. I think it's definitely worth it. It's better than Run, IMO. But um, 
I understand the hesitation, and there is there is not the weird Gibby age gap romance either. That is a big plus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is the one stepbrother stepbrother love chapter, but that. Yeah, <laughs> but it's side all, characters, and I don't have to deal with them that much. Yeah, that's all there is, and it seems the parents are just like, you know we'll accept you for being gay, and they don't really say they'll accept him for loving his brother, but they don't say they will not <laughs> accept him for loving his brother. It's like, listen, as somebody with step-siblings, you just do not. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, the couple, like, horny parts are just between Kay and Lilja, um... Lilja is introduced by way of Kay walking up to a pond where she is just swimming around naked for some reason. Um, and from okay, there... I can't even fault him for that one. Yeah. From there, he is like... Uh, or she just constantly tries to take off his pants to uh, equalize, I guess. <laughs> uh, and there's another moment in the most recent volume where they are running together. Uh, not like intentionally running together but they happen to be running on the same path and then he just keeps staring at her butt and then she keeps staring at his butt so it's a butt thing how are they doing this are they like passing each other or? <laughs> yeah and they're like competing now that they're running oh. on the same path to see who's faster yeah i was trying to figure out how that would work otherwise <laughs> yeah. uh but anyway let's close out this episode on that note uh where can we find you both on the internet uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mongeoran. I'm still alive. I feel like I can't figure out any other way to sign off, so that's just what I say every time. <laughs> I've got to figure out something new. <laughs> uh, you can also find me on Twitter at WonderDreamer, and you can find me doing manga reviews, light novel reviews, and the other podcast I co-host all over at the OASG. Uh, I know we just put out like a big end of the year, start of the new year episode where Justin and I are talking about our um, anime choices of the past fall, and then a whole year's worth of weird news from 2020. And oh, boy, there was a lot of weird news, well, a lot of anime-related <laughs> weird news in 2020. Oh, Interspecies sure reviewers was still the weirdest thing, but there was a lot of other stuff. I'm sure the pandemic certainly didn't exacerbate any of that. <laughs> I don't know. There was weird news just along the lines of like. The Hong Kong police swear that their uh, new mascot isn't just Tanjiro from Demon Slayer as a grape. You look at the picture and you're like, sir, that is just a perfect version of Tanjiro from Demon Slayer. We're not fooling anybody. Uh, gosh. All right. You can find me on Twitter at CompassionateK. You can find this podcast on Twitter at MangaNewYears. You can find all of our episodes over at TaikuPodcast.com. It's T-A-I-I-K-U. And you can find a new t-shirts and stickers that interests you on TeePublic. Uh, I will link it from the uh, the Twitter, um, which is not live as I say this, but will be by the time I post. That's the power of editing. You you can just choose when things go live and when they don't. Yep. <laughs> Until next time, then, folks. Bye. Bye, everybody.